I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Still Got Legs, a Doctor Who rewatch podcast brought to you by Another Happy Studios. This week we're dealing with ghosts, spirits, and the Welsh. Welcome to the Unquite Dead. Lawrence, Lawrence, Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Is it unquite dead or unquiet dead? Unquite. Unquite. Like, yeah, because they're not quite dead. But isn't it spelt like quiet? Oh, maybe I got it wrong. I'm not changing it. No, but that's. I figured even if you got it wrong, I'll address it, <laughs> and then we don't have to do any more work. So that's perfect. Is it unquiet dead? I'm almost certain it is unquiet. Yeah. Because they're not quiet. I guess, but they they both mean the same thing, right? Because they're not quiet dead. Because they're de- they're they're. They're ghosts, and they're like, "Ooh, we're ghosts." Yeah, but they're also not quite dead because they're ten- well, they're, nah, They are dead, but they're being yeah, reanimated. But... Yeah, but I don't, there's there's not really a thing about them making noise, though, is there? No, I don't think oh, so. I guess. But like well... you know, like you you don't have to be. I was about to say you don't have to be. I don't know what we're saying. There's no point debating yeah. this. <laughs> it doesn't no. matter. A uh, quite and quiet spelled the same way. I um. Q-U-I-E-T is quiet. Quiet, I thought, was Q-U-I-T-E. Yeah. How's the episode spelled? Because we could easily just solve this problem. By we could, I mean, we could, yeah. It's <laughs> true. Looking at the title of the episode. You Google it. I mean, I'll fill space I'll, by saying, I'll put it wow, up we... on BBC iPlayer, a service which I definitely pay for with my TV license. Come on, we all pay for our TV licenses, Nathan. Yeah. It's the unquiet dead. So I was right. So you... No. Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, we're not correcting well, it. Go. It's in the title. It takes Nathan a while sometimes to get them bang on with the theme. So respect look, his hard work. Yeah. Look, I've, I've been watching uh, Doctor Who for 17 years now, what, however long it's been. Um, but And I just learned that today. So there we go. There's always room to learn and grow and change as That's a person. The, is that the message of the podcast? There's always <laughs> more we can tell you about it. For example, we can tell you the wrong title. And then realise and then tell you we got it right. Something you you probably already knew. You can spend almost 20 years presuming one thing about uh, a mostly forgotten episode. And then, what do you know? Brand new information. Do you think this is mostly forgotten? Is that your... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes. Look, not to to, um, blow my proverbial load early, but a bit boring. (laughs) I think there's, I think there's, there's some stuff in this. I think it's there's some crumbs. There's some, there's some crumbs. There's some interesting there's some crumbs, crumbs to glean. There's some, there's some little tidbits to pick up on here and there. But for the most part, this. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to Doctor Who. Has still got no. Welcome to Still Got Legs, a Doctor Who rewatch podcast brought to you by Another Happy Studios, which I guess I already said in the intro. Yeah. But we're we're talking about Doctor Who because we love it and we're watching through the show each week and having a little talk and reliving the. Show whatever I guess, um, and this week we're doing the unquiet dead. Look, this well technically me, Nathan, I'd say we're doing the unquiet dead. 
I'm not going to change. This, <laughs> for me, I'm stuck in my ways, okay? Okay. This, for me, um, it f- falls into a, c- a category, which doesn't exist, but I have in my head, a, a category of Doctor Who, where almost every season... It's usually around about the second or the third episode. They've already hooked you in with the big, exciting season opener. And now they're like, oh, we can put the little boring one here. And it's usually a story set in the past. And it's usually just a bit dull. It's it's more just like, oh, we don't need our best team on this one. All right. No offense to anyone involved. But look, that's just, you know. That's just Mark, Mark Gattis, this. Mark Gattis. Yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> that just, I see that speaks to your point as opposed to debunks it. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like that's a nature of the the format in general, right? Because you've got to either go present day, future, or past. And I feel like with the past, there's less room for exploration. You're kind of grounded in what was there. And yes, and it, and by default, it's just a little bit boring as yeah. well. And like, Charles Dickens. How... <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Don't get me wrong; the past can be exciting, but like. It's nowhere near as exciting as the future. Yeah. So it's automatically out of the two. Which one would you choose? Oh yeah, because with the past you're you're locked in to the yeah. stuff that we know and familiar concepts. Whereas you can really push the boat out and explore some brand new stuff. But I, I guess maybe is one of the reasons this doesn't so much land for you is because past episodes can be good if you've got a great monster, and this is kind of just ghosts. Yeah, there's ghosts. That's true. That's yeah. that's very true. There's re- there's really nothing to it. Really, it's it's uh it's uh, just a bit of meandering around, and then there's a bit of a moment at the end. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of a moment. <laughs> so this is the this is the first time we see uh, the Doctor taking Rose back in time. Uh, Rose is helping yes. fly the TARDIS. She is, yeah the tar- the TARDIS console that's held together with. <laughs> T-string and... I don't know what T-string is, but, you know, just string and tape and anything else. And good intentions. And good intentions. She is pulling those dials. She is moving those switches that are not connected to anything. Yep. Um, they're just rattling around in that little cage there. I'd love to, like, just watch the, the processes of those scenes being filmed with no music, no fanfare, and a still set with no yeah. sound effects. Just, just actors being like... Went to drama school for this, just flipping a light switch <laughs> on and off, just doing nothing. It's, it's great, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it's very fun. They, they sell it though. They make it work. But it, does it? Did it read to you like the TARDIS is having trouble going back like a hundred years into the past? Something that should be well within its capability without stress. <laughs> no, I see what you mean. I, I think they just wanted to make it a bit dramatic and exciting because, like. The, the TARDIS is all over the place yeah. in terms of... Hold like on to how, the console, Rose. We're going yeah. back in time. <laughs> in in terms of like how it's depicted, um, yeah. actually flying, like sometimes the Doctor can do a quick 100-year hop and it's just a simple case of lifting up a lever, holding it there for three seconds and putting it back down. Yeah. Oh, now we're 100 years in the future or whatever. But then other times, it's the whole room is shaking. There's ex- there's explosions coming off the console. They're like, yeah. oh, now we're five minutes in the past. Yeah. Okay, great. I feel like it's um, very dependent on how high stress the premise of the episode is. <laughs> like, if yeah. the Doctor's got to get somewhere quickly, it, the TARDIS is going to struggle to get there. And they kind of write it in, I guess, because the, the TARDIS historically is is not the most reliable of ships. It's um it's a bit rickety. It's um it's you know, it never quite goes where he needs it to go and all or where he wants it to go. Um so, so But it always kind takes of him where he needs to go. Yes, that's the one I was thinking of, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well look, we don't We'll get there. We'll get there in like three years. We will, we will. Uh well look, it doesn't actually open with uh, the Doctor and Rose. It actually opens with um Gwen No it doesn't. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I didn't realise she was just called Gwyneth, by the way. Like they really didn't bother, did they? With the... yeah, no. um, Russell was like, <laughs> Russell got the script for this episode when it ran. Russell was writing Torchwood. He got the script for the Unquite Dead. I'm not changing it. Um, and then pulled up one of Gwyneth's line and just deleted three letters. <laughs> three letters of her name. Went, same actress, Bob. Jo- uh, job done. Yeah. Bob's your uncle. Um, there we go. Yeah, and they're rel- they do you have any relatives from Cardiff from a hundred years ago? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. That's all right well, then. Problem solved. 
Job done. Uh, Nathan, yeah. we're in... The Peter Capaldi's in this universe three times, but let's not worry about it. <laughs> That's true, yeah. He's, he's, he's a guy in Pompeii, the Doctor, and then MP that shoots himself with his children a, or something. Yeah, he kills his entire family and then himself. Cheerful. Um, so that's great. Well, and he's the Doctor. And he's the Doctor. Well, let's get back onto cheerier subjects, Nathan, such as 1860 Christmas in Cardiff. Um, famously known for being a great time, clearly. A wonderful time. Um, there are, there are, they're in a morgue. Uh, it seems like the the old way of collecting bodies. I'm pretty sure was just to dump them on the floor, and someone will come around with a yeah. horse in the morning and <laughs> take yeah, it to the worry. dead people's place. Throw it out your window. We'll collect it in the morning. Yeah. The rest of the rubbish. Bring yeah. out your dead. Bring out your dead. We'll put them in a in a <laughs> bin in this house or something. Um, yeah. But so it's this this old woman. Um, scare. I, I think I think I think she's done well. I think her like makeup is is well done. She looks like a scary, creepy dead woman. Which is, spooky. Yeah, which is exactly kind of what she's supposed to be doing. Um, yeah. But but we're introduced to two characters. So Gwyneth, we've already spoken about, and another guy. Um, Mr. Sneed? Mr. I think it was Mr. Sneed. Yeah, um, the, the funeral director. Yeah, bloke. some 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 suspicious behaviour by Mr. Sneed in this that's looked over quite quickly. Um, yeah, not very bloke. <laughs> yeah, not not particularly. But it's, it's sideburn season, Nathan. Everyone has a sideburn... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I believe they're mutton chops, Lawrence. Oh, I apologise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, it's the it's eighteen sixty. The fucking hell, they they got they got a. I don't know. They're all following Lincoln or whatever. Was he the president at the time? Who knows? Maybe. We don't know history. We're not here to no, talk about the no. historical accuracy. I didn't go to the assassination of JFK and then I was going to say J.K. Rowling, if only. Um, <laughs> I didn't go to the assassination of JFK and then immediately go to the Titanic. All right, look. I'm. <laughs> That's how he does it. I don't know history. <laughs> um, but so then, to, so the the dead are the dead are coming back to life, and they're. It's it's what I quite enjoy about this is the very quaint nature of it. Um, of of they're just like she's up again. It's very much <laughs> yeah. like this is a regular Tuesday for us. <laughs> it is, yeah. This happens quite a lot in this. Like, I like to think of him just like making a tea in the cupboard in the uh, in the middle of the night, just getting up to make a drink, and then there's just a dead person just walking around the kitchen, just like oh for fuck's sake, <laughs> hey hey, <laughs> go back to bed. <laughs> Was that your attempt at a accent? It was. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Amazing stuff. I'm gonna... One thing everyone should know is Lawrence is terrible at accents. I've told him many times. They won't stop me simply... doing it. No, he simply will not stop doing it. No, I won't. No I... how bad he is. It's all about the joy I feel from imitating Nathan. I feel like <laughs> you can't take away one of my storytelling tools like that. I don't have a Welsh accent. I didn't say you did. When did I say you had a Welsh accent? You just said imitating Nathan. No, imitating nature or people. Oh. Or something. I didn't say you. Oh, I thought you said imitating Nathan. Get your head out of your bum, Nathan. Mm. Uh, so the Doctor and Rose arrive there. One of the only times that the Doctor has ever given a shit about looking era appropriate, or at least someone yeah, looking th- era appropriate. <laughs> I thought that was weird because it's just like it's never brought up again. Really, like all this, he's just walking through the past with like Martha, and he's like, "No, you're good in that leather jacket." That's yeah, fine. your red, your crimson red leather jacket <laughs> and your flared <laughs> jeans. You're fine. Yeah, and that was like 300 years earlier than this as well. He's yeah, like, nah, don't worry, you're good, you're good, we're all fine. I'm here in this pinstripe brown suit. Yeah, I'm fine. And I, I love that the purpose of it is like. Because you know, you you walk around in that, people are gonna people are gonna go crazy. People will be like, "What the hell is that about?" And then, yeah. like the first few people he meets, he's like, "Aliens are real. We're time travelers. <laughs> don't worry about it. Just blow their There's minds." A ghost flying around this theater and everything. Don't, don't yeah. worry. Yeah. But um, but out girls wearing a hooded jumper. <laughs> what? <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> um, something that I found quite nice um was, and I I thought about it a little bit more because we spoke about um in in Rose we spoke about how the the working class nature of the show is quite endearing and it's something that was new yes. to the show and not really been done. Um. Listen, we everyone, no matter where you're from, in all walks of life, knows someone that loves to talk about their gap year in Bali. Um, oh, yeah. 100%. And what I quite like about this is, obviously, Rose probably wouldn't have the financial capabilities to go travelling. So yeah. I love that she's warming to this the idea Rose's of... gap year. Yeah, this is Rose's gap year. <laughs> and she's doing, she's doing the best hits. She wants to see all the big things she knows about. Um, yeah. So she's gone, she's done, she's done the end of the world. Now she's off to see Charles Dickens. Um, I... I liked it. I, I think it's a nice, 
<laughs> they go to Bali. Rose gets to travel the entirety of the universe, past and present. Um, which yeah. is, which uh, is, I fun. mean, I know which one I'd take. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, fuck, fuck Bali. Yeah. <laughs> fuck Bali. I'll take all the time in space. One thing I, I, I did particularly enjoy about this, um, just little opening scene with Rose and the Doctor mm. in the TARDIS as well. Um, something that's often said about the relationship between Rose and the Doctor is that. It, it kind of um, turned romantic once David Tennant appeared. Mm. Um, and, and I would disagree with that. I would say there's definitely some romantic tension between the two of them throughout the first season. And I think you can start to see the the uh, the formation of that in the beginning here. There's definitely a flirty nature between the two of them. I well, yeah, I think I've I've never seen it as like there's absolutely zero romance between them. Um, it it gets look, no disrespect to Christopher Eccleston, it gets easier to sell once David Tennant's in the mix because he's younger that's only, and that's he's only, yeah, and he's that's sexier. only because he's younger and he's more age appropriate. Yeah, but I I still think it is there. Um, no, I I agree. I I like the. How I view Nine and Rose is very much like a... It's like a flirty back and forth where they one-up each other. You know, they, yeah. the Doctor's like, look at this fucking crazy thing I can show you because I'm an alien. And she's like, not bothered, mate. And also, I just saved the world for fun of it. And the Doctor's like, oh, shit. It's constantly uh, like a... They're proving stuff to each other, which I quite like as a back and forth relationship. Um, but yeah. I, I don't necessarily see the same. I'm, I've That opening scene specifically, there was <laughs> definitely... R- romantic flirty tension there for he me. says she looks beautiful doesn't he or something along he those does lines. yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually quite sweet yeah oh, um... god nine nine's laying game and i remember hey. that because he, he clocks himself do it and then he's like oh it's <laughs> for a human for a gross gross earthling. yeah yeah doctor you look the same as a human <laughs> sorry yeah, but you, you do <laughs> you do you do look like a human it's because you she are looks like a time lord yeah that's true something that i i quite enjoy and we're um you know we're, we're going through there's not I would say if you're listening to this episode, there's not a whole bunch of stuff you can pick out from this. No, Charles Dickens is here. Yeah, he's he's on tour apparently because I guess that's a thing authors did in the past. Yeah, they went like. on tour to read their <laughs> ramblings. I think you didn't go to see I don't know the 1975 and Taylor Swift at the O2. You went <laughs> to see fucking Charles Dickens tell you about an old man and some ghosts. But much Dickens. like the 1975, Nathan, you can still get carried out and abused on the way home. I'm sure that's a topical <laughs> reference to something. Is, Matt Healy I is always is it being appropriate. Who's Matt Healy? Is he in the 1975? Um, I think is it. He's. I'm pretty sure he's the lead singer. If not, I'm just remembering the trainers Healy's, and I'm, I, <laughs> I really hope it is Matt Healy. Look, I look. You could be wrong. You could be right. I'll simply never know. Fine. Okay. Topical I, references aside, I gave up on music a good six years ago. <laughs> well, I gave up on keeping up with music a good six years ago. A, a life of silences for Nathan. <laughs> he has taken the no, vow. I like music. I like music, and if it, like a, a song which I happen to listen to uh, catches my attention, I'm like, oh, I like this. I'll listen to it some more. Hmm. But I'm not out there actively seeking new music. There's like, too much of it. Yeah, it's too much. I've got my playlist. You can never keep up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I like that though. The first seeds are sown uh, of their relationship. But Charles Dickens is here, um, and one of my favourite things, and I guess it is a, a kind of a staple of past episodes of Doctor Who. I'm pretty sure it happens in the uh, the Shakespeare episode, um, and probably a whole bunch more. It's set in the past when something quite clearly alien happens. Yes. And every middle aged man in the episode is like it's a trick of the light it's a, <laughs> yeah. it's science and trickery and maths and, yeah. and i'm like it's so obviously not dude <laughs> like, it's it's usually a you're right, an older man um typically someone who is quite intelligent he'll be someone who's regard well regarded yeah. he's for whatever reason he's a smarter than average bloke or whatever and he'll be like i refuse to accept that this is something that could happen in this queen's land yeah. here i know everything that there is to know do you not know this who i am defies the logic of everything <laughs> i know it's doctor. preposterous doctor you speak with such a such a tone of future who are you <laughs> Um, but am I loved in the future? Yeah, yeah, tell me. I don't believe any of this hogwash, but tell me with your knowledge. <laughs> what can you tell me that I like? <laughs> it's true, it's true. Um, and then they're very quickly, well, not very quickly, they'll hold on to that belief for, for quite a while. Yeah. But they are given some undeniable evidence that 
this this shit's going on. It's, it's real. Um, it's real. It's, There's a big blue woman screaming in the audience. Yeah. And then she turns into a ghost. She does. and just flies <laughs> about. Yeah. Um, something that I do like about the... Because that is a cliche and it is a trope of the whole like, no, oh, there's a bloody pugwash boy. And it's not, not me. I wouldn't know about it. Um, is that the Doctor kind of comforts Dick. Dickens. Dickens is, is an indisputable mind, right? He's very clever and he was great at what he did. Um, yeah. And I just... I like the idea that the Doctor comforts people that have a, a kind of a crisis of self in those moments because you would question everything you ever known if i was sitting here recording this episode and a ghost came in it would make me reevaluate yeah. some shit <laughs> yeah i'd be like maybe i'm not 100 percent clued up on things i thought i was um i i yeah if a ghost came in right now i definitely have a few questions yeah i definitely be like what's going on um <laughs> not me i'd be like look it's jackie's dad or something <laughs> If a big, vague, grey spirit, just a grey blob showed up, just yeah. a big, vague, grey blob who didn't talk and just walked around a little bit, I'd be like, oh, that's my dad, yeah. I reckon. Also, he's indistinguishable from the millions of other grey blobs yeah. that are walking about. But that's, no, everyone, else. that's, that's, every, that's like, everyone else's dad. He's here for like 30 seconds every Tuesday or whatever. Yeah. That's my dad. You're going to miss it, Rose. Anyway, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Um, we'll get there. <laughs> but I, li- I like that the Doctor's like, you haven't got it wrong, there's just more to learn. Like and it's that's that's nice. I liked that line. Yeah, that's uh, that's a bit of fun, I guess. Not a bit of fun, but it's just one of those um, moments of Doctor Who, which I don't know. Kind of, it's that Doctor Who magic. There's always just mm. that that pops up now and then. It's just the the kind of wholesome nature of of making you find the wonder in in things. And, yeah, and Doctor Who's always good at giving little moments like that uh, a bit of time to shine. Yeah. And I think I think it's great for the ninth Doctor as well because typically we know him to be so abrasive and quick and like yeah. humans are stunted apes that don't know what they're talking about. Um, yeah. And I just like the moment that the Doctor he lets he lets it down for a minute and he's like no 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 that's not the way of looking at it it's this anyway shut up and stop being yeah. stupid and get out of my face. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, no, no yeah I, I just I, I quite enjoy that. Um, I like that the Doctor geeks out over Charles Dickens. <laughs> he's a big fan. Yeah. I've read Christmas Carol fucking trillions of times or some shit. I I I could not tell you a single book Charles Dickens has written other than a Christmas Carol. Uh if if we are to assume that someone has asked me what books has Charles Dickens written uh and someone else has said uh, a Christmas Carol I'd be yeah I'd be shit up. I'd be I'd be yeah. clueless. Let's let's all go around the room and list our favorite Charles Dickens novel. You better hope you're going first. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise, oh, tugging on my collar. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that drinking game. Name fucking football teams or something. I'll go, ah. Well, when, uh, once the country's run out, I guess I'm stuffed. <laughs> I yeah. guess I'm screwed. Uh, once Millwall and United are gone. <laughs> and I'm, I'm absolutely up shit, Greek. <laughs> um, we love football. So listen... One, almost a perfect segue because I was going to say Nathan the other thing we love is uh... oh come on no you got to do it now let's get Lawrence cancelled no. <laughs> sorry actually, let me rephrase it sorry uh, another thing that Nathan loves um, no, 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 is, no, no, no. is chloroforming women um, oh, <laughs> outside the theatre no don't say true <laughs> um very brushed over that um, a line, yeah, it's meant as a bit of 2005, haha, in today's day and age. Um, yeah. Rose, I think, should be a bit more unhappy that Mr. <laughs> Sneed or whatever, Mr. Snood or whatever the fuck his name is, was going in for an inappropriate touch as well. So, so let's, let's, be, let's just be very clear about something for a second. Rose was sexually assaulted during this episode. Yeah. Rose was drugged. And then sexually assaulted whilst she was unconscious. Yeah. And they're like, ha. And, <laughs> All right. and don't think I didn't notice it. No one, no other people in the room have a reaction. Oh, that's just Mr. Yeah. Sneed or whatever. He does uh, that. Good old Mr. Sneed. Well, it is 1869. They probably do that like every two seconds or whatever. Also speaks but... to the lack of imagination of men that that's still the method. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess. I, okay. I mean, look, I'm not encouraging active. <laughs> new methods to be discussed and discovered but i don't i don't think like 
chloroform or whatever actually works that way, though, does it? No, because it, it's an it's 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 the movie and TV ex machina of yeah. It's it's pass out juice. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, I what when I learned that like you know like when in a movie or TV show when someone's like punched and knocked out or whatever, mm. and then they're they're like out for like three hours and then they'll wake up somewhere new. Yeah. When when I learned that is complete bullshit, my whole world was turned upside down. Yeah. Because like, when you're you've lost your get out of jail free card. Well, now what yeah. are you gonna do when someone asks you to name the second Charles Dickens novel? <laughs> I'll knock myself. Out. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if you ever if you've ever passed out. You may know this. Um, but what if you are knocked out or or pass out? You're probably out for about five to ten seconds mm. at the most, and then you're back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. If you're out for any longer than like 30 seconds to a minute, you will have permanent brain damage. Yeah. And you, Terrifying, you right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whenever anyone's knocked out, they're up almost instantaneously. Um, and w- when I learned that, I was just like, almost every movie ever has been ruined permanently for me now. And now it has for all of you, so you're welcome. Yeah, you s- just like you, you spread it along. <laughs> just so yeah. ruin everyone else's time. At the now th- you at can the ruin all of your friends' lives. Good. So, Carry well it forward, that's what you must do. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they all get in a room, and after the after Ghost Woman goes off at Charles Dickens' show, um, and they, they all get in a room, and... This is where the episode slows down for me. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I probably was on Twitter for a, lot, a bit of this. But... <laughs> Good. That's what, that's what you want for the critical rewatch podcast that we do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where I think the episode framework works that we pick out specific things that people haven't yeah. noticed. No, I, I picked out some stuff. But <laughs> well, it's, it's just for me. But what did you pick out? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I've got the second Charles Dickens novel ready to go. <laughs> that's anything. <laughs> no, I think the... Um, uh, this is where it slows down because it's it's just the case of you get them in the room and then it's really just the ghosts and the characters. I, I think this yeah. far this would have benefited greatly from using like the outside set that kind of looks quite historically accurate. Just give it some life. Just stop putting it in a in, in the basement of a manor house. Yeah, once they get to the morgue, it is all kind of just uh, or the funeral home. I guess is mm. is just it kind of just like. Well, this is it now for the rest of the episode. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Um, it, it's all just kind of like um, it is slowed down massively, and it's all a bit like I said. It's just a bit dull, really. Yeah. It's just a lot of meandering and talking and some ethical conundrums to discuss and this sort of stuff. But there's nothing really hugely engaging. Yeah. I guess I did enjoy the scene. Um, which which comes up quite quite early on in the um in the funeral home between Gwyneth and Rose when they're just having like a little bit of an exchange and just getting to know each other a little bit and they're like talking about skipping school and that type of stuff. Yeah, it's it's quite a nice little thing because you can see how like Rose's present day experience or her two thousand and five lived experience still can be you, you can still get Relatable. on you can still have things in common. Um, yeah. I do, I do like the moments where she's like, yeah, I was looking at that guy's bum down the chippy or something. And, she, and, yeah. and Gwyneth is like, oh, God, like, <laughs> this this woman is promiscuous. Like, how could she? Yeah. Um, I, I, I did but enjoy it. But then she's like, I tell you what, that butcher's lad. Yeah. 
Fuck me. He comes here to so, give us the post sometimes, or yeah, the butcher's lad gives us the post. Um, he can bring it. I can bring his sausage meat in any time. <laughs> steady on. If Mister Sneed <laughs> lets her out or whatever, um, oh. I don't get the relationship there. Is she his maid or like assistant? Well, she's yeah. I guess well, she's some sort of employee. Yeah, because she's she's she dressed paid. like kind of like a maid. Yeah, yeah. Well, she gets paid. She has a wage. She has, so. she, she she gets eight bob a year, Nathan. Yeah, May fucking gleaming, mate. Not too bad. Um, yeah. yeah, I uh, I did. I like that she has like very quaint two thousand and five eagle vision. Um, where she she's on the carriage and and Sneed's like. Um, by the way, if it's oh, not yeah. Sneed, I'm just going to keep calling him Sneed. I don't, it's I don't Sneed. remember his name. It's Sneed. Okay. Don't worry. Um, and Sneed's yeah. like, use the sight, girl, and then she, oh, and then yeah. she just does a bit of acting, um, and and is like, oh, she's here. She <laughs> just... vaguely, she just vaguely looks off in the distance. Yeah, <laughs> and then she's like, ah, oh, someone's cold and walking. And the, and they they introduce that the the reasoning behind that is she grew up on the rift. Um, she yes. grew up over the rift. So, so with that logic, Doctor Who, um, yeah, anyone that works in Cardiff above Torchwood, <laughs> Cardiff and- is the capital city of Wales. Yeah, <laughs> like I know Wales itself is not a big country. Okay, population of three million. Yeah, Cardiff. It's quite a big city. There's a lot of people living in Cardiff. I would argue in 1869, there's still a lot of people living in Cardiff over an active rift. And this is the only woman, apparently, who was given these psychic powers? Well, I, I don't know if it's, like, Gelf-specific or if there's, like, other things that can pass through that we can hear. Um, but we, mm. we are we are given a look at the, the Gelf as a, as a race um, that has been impacted by the Time War, which I thought was interesting. Yes, so this was probably the most um, interesting element of the episode for me. Not necessarily that it's impacted, that it's impacted, that the Gelf are impacted by the Time War, but more how that relates to the Doctor. Yeah. And how it's like, it's the Doctor's guilt that drives him throughout this episode. Yeah. Well, throughout like the last half of the episode. And he's like, over because of what he's did, he's obviously feeling a tremendous amount of guilt um and that's kind of driving him to make a bit of a bad decision yeah really. oh, they, they, they necessarily... completely play on his good nature yeah and, yeah and i i like that his it's almost like his guard is down and rose is speaking a lot of sense being like this is stupid like she is speaking sense but at the same time the doctor is also speaking sense though like is it really that much different from organ donation Really? No, and and it's and again, I like the reframing of the kind of bringing it to the modern context. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I I see both sides of the argument. I just think that if, if for anyone to say this is out of character for the Doctor, it's very perfect for his character. Um, yeah, especially at this time as well. Yeah, in, at this point in the Doctor's life, it's really um, it probably the the best time to do it, really, because mm. he he's he's the most vulnerable yeah. at, at this point. It's definitely the the time where you could probably get the most out of it. And I, I quite enjoy that, like, either way, there's blood on his hands. Um, yeah. You know, he makes he makes one call, uh, Gwyneth will die. He makes another call, um, technically the last of a species could die. Um, yeah. And obviously, that's fine when they're monster of the week, but they're not presented like that uh, <laughs> no, in this. Not at first, anyway. Yeah, it's it's absolutely fine when the Doctor's like, you know, with the plastic, he's like, I, um, in, in Rose, he's like, I've got to give him a choice. And the plastic's like, yeah. nope, we're going to eat people. And the Doctor's like, Fuck you all then, Fuck I guess. You then. Yeah, you're yep, all dead. That's it. Um, yeah. No, I, I just I thought it was interesting that the Doctor got duped because it's not often that the Doctor is tricked or people get one I, up on him. Yeah, I do like that, and and again, I do like that it was his guilt that led him towards that specifically guilt because of the time war. Yeah, um, that that was all that was all good stuff. I the, the, where the episode kind of loses. Well, it's probably lost me before this, but <laughs> <laughs> so what I what I don't necessarily like about the episode is it's it's just not great, well written because, and I hate saying that because that's just a, a shit critique. Um, but. It's it's just the whole like oh please help us please help us nah I'm evil actually we we don't I'm I'm not that helpless I just I was just tricking you and now I'm evil mm. and now I'm gonna kill everyone and it it was just there was no real reason for it 
it was it felt like just... if they just kind of carried on and did pass through or whatever yeah, they'd be they, fine they could exactly they could have just gotten away with it but now they're like now i must show that i'm evil <laughs> yeah and it was just was there an in, was there like an in world reason for it or was it just evil? i don't believe so i don't believe I so didn't no because they were it. like they were getting what they wanted they were having control over it but then oh now my blues turned red and because i'm evil now and i'm evil so <laughs> I, um, no. is it still the case in doctor who that um blue is forward in time and red is backwards in time in the in in the vortex oh i don't know there's definitely been themes of blue and red um before not necessarily in the time vortex but i remember this being a thing in matt smith's run because especially season five especially because he had um he wore two variations of bow ties braces and shirts oh right he had he had like a blue bow tie and a red bow tie and braces and shirt as well and there was something like that or maybe that just changed week to week i don't know but we'll, we'll, we'll see going forward we'll see yeah um we'll track the blue and red we will uh I... yeah w- one thing we're also tracking as well is uh, we mentioned it last week. The uh, mocks of Balhoon gave us the first mention of Bad Wolf mm. in a in a blink and you'll miss it conversation. Pretty hard to miss this week's um, <laughs> <laughs> Bad Wolf mention. Did you happen to pick up on it, Lawrence? It was so incredibly subtle, um, obviously, because uh, it yes. is interrupted mid-conversation um, <laughs> and she does have a mini panic attack over it. Um, yeah. No, I love that. Um, tell you the truth, there's moments in this that I think hammer home the creepy element really really well um okay and i think of this episode it's one of the saving graces that um eve miles is just a fantastic performer anyway um yeah but she she's she sells maybe we'll see fear. her again soon yeah who knows <laughs> yeah. um we don't she, no we don't we actually don't no um <laughs> that sounds like we do we don't, we don't yeah eve miles is not our mate <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh no i like i think she sells the the fear really well and the confusion of um looking into Rose's mind, she is going to see a familiar town and place and familiar settings, but completely transformed because there's, we've spoken about this just in private conversation. It's, it's terrifying that the world has come so far in such a short amount of time. When you think about when the first flight by the Wright brothers ever happened to now we can fly across fucking countries and then we can go to the moon and shit. It's mental. Um, yeah. And I, I think she sells that fear really well. Um, and the bad wolf is just a, you know, it's all, it's always served great when it's just like a character that can kind of see something. Um, and like they, they do it, they do that in like turn left and stuff as well. Um, yeah. With like the, the woman that plays Chantho, but is now the future seeing woman or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, just a great moment. Um, and yeah, just keep sowing that seed for the finale because it will pay off in a big keep way. Keep sowing that seed. Sometimes it's subtle and um, and sometimes it's subtle and easy to miss. Sometimes it screams directly into the camera. Uh, <laughs> both can be good. Yeah. Both can be good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Something that I, I... I don't know if this was maybe just they hadn't got the writing of it down yet and this is not a bad writing thing cuz i feel like you always have to elaborate on that when you bad writing yeah, yourself yeah. isn't a criticism that's just you being i didn't like it um, yeah exactly and that that's why i was saying like i hate that critique cuz people <laughs> a lot of things that i love people say oh it's so badly written i'm just like no you just didn't enjoy it no yeah it's just not <laughs> the story for you you don't you don't appreciate yeah. that storytelling um yeah. but something in this i think it definitely Let's not say badly written, and let's say very out of character for who the Doctor would become and what the show feels like tonally. Um, All right. Weird that the Doctor and Rose are like cornered by gas ghosts, and yeah. and at that moment, the nine hundred year old Time Lord. I get Rose. Yeah. The nine hundred year old Time Lord, who's fucking conquered planets, destroyed worlds, um, and come through thick and thin of almost every conflict he's ever been a part of, is like. Well, let's go down fighting, I guess. No, <laughs> you use the the sonic screwdriver will have a gas setting. It will have something on it, as it always does, to get you out of trouble. Um, yeah, I like that. It's I do like that. It's knowledge of the past, um, and just Charles Dickens being a quick thinker on his feet uh, and running down and being like, I've, I've whacked the fucking gas up. <laughs> it's about to go <laughs> shit up in here, boys. <laughs> 
yeah, uh, it does. It does seem a little strange that um, for such an easy solution, yeah, um, it's it's strange that it didn't come across to the doctor. That you know, that's something you can chalk up to you know other factors going on in the moment, like fucking panic, whatever. I mean, you'd think the doctor would learn to manage that sort of stuff since he's in this situation literally every Saturday night at seven p.m. This <laughs> is like his job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but hey, I don't know. Yeah, I I see what you mean. It is it is a little bit odd. Um, definitely like uh, just one of those bit of a written into a corner moments, and kind yeah. of literally in the episode as well. So there's just a just a bit of tension for no real reason. Yeah, really. And it it works. Whatever. Like it it does its job, and the doctor doesn't die. So yeah, be, it's, be it's... weird if like when to be fair, <laughs> I got over it once I realized that like I haven't seen the classic series, but like. The doctor was regenerating just from like falling over and shit before. Yeah, he fell off some scaffolding. Yeah, he was like, "Oh fuck, I'm done for." Boys. I better be someone else. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah, like whatever. Uh, it is what it is. I think. Mean, I think. Mean, um, <laughs> it's 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 kind of implied. Or maybe, is it maybe the fifth or the sixth doctor who hit his head on the TARDIS console? <laughs> I think it's one of those. I think it's the fifth because I remember he regenerates on the floor in the TARDIS. Because yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, who's the sixth actor? Colin Baker. Colin Baker. Yeah, he didn't come then, back. For the, it or but then did it's he? but no, no. So that's the other one. That's the that's the sixth into the seventh because Colin Baker didn't come back. So like they just have Sylvester McCoy. Like oh, in the in, wig in the wig and like they just don't show his face oh yeah oh yeah of course colin baker didn't film his regen didn't refuse his regeneration scene and then go and do a prosperous <laughs> oh, series yeah. did he yeah exactly that's fucking stupid um that'd be odd <laughs> so anyway they solved the day um with they did fat but, fire <laughs> there's there's that moment which i found strange i get why it happened but there is that moment where the doctor like sends Charles and, and Rose out, and he's like, "Don't worry, I won't let her die." Immediately, just leaves her yeah. and, and lets her kill herself. <laughs> yeah, that that just seems strange because it wasn't more the fact that he left her; it was the timing of it. It was like, "I won't leave her," and then it's probably about ten seconds later <laughs> that he's like, "See you later." Yeah, <laughs> he's I'm out. just running. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I don't know. It was just a moment that felt strange. Like it probably just needed a beat longer, I guess. Uh, we, but, we, yeah. Going back so long ago as well, in such a, in such a, like this was such an anticipated, fucking throw at the wall and see what sticks series. Um, yeah. So it's it's very likely that like scenes were cut and that we don't know about stuff. Um, series one is kind of all over the place in that sort of stuff. Yeah. There's some. I feel I feel like there's some highs, but there's some lows as well. Yeah. Um, and you know we're going to experience them all, but this this for me was unfortunately our, our first real taste at um, uh, a bit of the lows. But yeah, you know there'll be more. It's certainly not the yeah. last, but the do- there's bangers to come. Yeah, there's bangers to come. Um, well, um, to end to end the episode, I'll ask. And then before we've got our weirdo of the week, obviously to do. But the last thing I'll say on the episode, unless you've got anything else you want to add. Yeah, you do. Oh no, please. <laughs> you got me run out of things to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one one thing that I um, I just thought was a bit unusual for the kids watching at home was yeah. more triumphant win under the Doctor's belt. Off he goes in the TARDIS, ready for more adventures. And Rose is like, "Hang on a minute, what's he? What if he goes and writes about all this stuff?" And the Doctor's like, "Nah, he's dead in a week. Fuck him." Yeah, it just yeah. felt a bit like I was remind. I was rem- <laughs> at that moment. I was reminded of Vincent and the Doctor. But how that exact same thing was done so much better. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and and how the drama and the emotion of it just really hit you and Vincent and the dogs there. Mm. But in in this episode, and you know, the show had been on for like five six years at that point, and it was grown and evolved. But but unfortunately, at this stage, it was just you know he's gonna die. Yeah, don't worry. about I told it. him he did. I told him he had a good good time, and his legacy was cemented. Yeah, but he'll be dead in a week. So it, it's almost like a well, who's he gonna fucking tell? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'll never get to tell his stories. Don't worry. Yeah, let's. Uh, oh, let's. But that's a bad and... thing. <laughs> yeah, we want him no. to tell his stories. Let's let's move on and never think about Charlie Boy ever again. Yeah. No. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, for me, it's just it. As I said, a bit dull, a bit forgettable. Um, some fun moments throughout. A little bit of Doctor Who magic, but nothing that makes me necessarily want to come this isn't one i ever want to just 
Oh, I'm going to watch the Unquite Dead, which you could probably tell by the fact that for the last 20 years or so, I, I haven't even called it by its right name. Yeah. So. There, there are episodes of this show that I will just suddenly sometimes watch with my lunch or something. Yeah. Um, but th- this is not going to be one of them. No, no. But that's okay. They don't all have to be uh, 10 out of 10 bangers. Yeah. But hey, there we go. Anyway, Lawrence, it is time for... I don't have the theme song. Weirdo of the week. <laughs> so, what we like to do as we go along and watch this wonderful and weird and wacky little show is we like to celebrate all the weird and wonderful characters that we come across. Well, not all of them, but we'll pick out a few individuals, the highlights of the episode, if you will. We will. Which weird and grubby little character are you picking for your weirdo of the week so it's it's a tough one this week because it's a there's not particularly a plethora of extras there's no yeah, real... i'll be honest i don't even know mine is <laughs> well this is like what you said about being you better hope you're first i'm gonna pick possibly the only contender for weirdo of the week this week all right um and that is uh mr sneed ah, okay because he is a chloroforming and molesting <laughs> man and look that's pretty weird to me see now, I, I I understand your line of logic, okay? And I have been considering Mr. Sneed myself. Yeah. But it is for your exact reasoning that you gave that I decided against it because I was like, I don't want to celebrate that. I don't want, to, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him to be the person I'm specifically no, don't, picking don't. out and celebrating this week. But if you want to do that... No, 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 no. Nathan, I know the reason you haven't chosen him is because you find that kind of behaviour not weird at all. You think that's very normal stuff to do. Oh, come on now, Lawrence. <laughs> don't try to worm your way out of being cancelled no, again. No, God. <laughs> oh, God. Who's, who is your choice, then? Um, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I've been oh. thinking about it for hours, and I've been milling my options. Oh uh, yeah, I've, well, not hours. I didn't watch it hours ago. But look, I've been trying to figure out who. Okay, I've gone back and forth. I was thinking Mr. Sneed. I was also thinking the old lady, because I thought it was kind of funny that she was dead and thought, oh, I'll go along to the theatre. That's pretty fun, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, I'll go see a show. Yeah. I'm dead. But I'll, like the girls were like, oh, I wonder what's playing tonight. And then they just go off and see Charles Dickens or whatever. Yeah. That was pretty fun. I think my weirdo of the week might be Charles Dickens. Okay. Though. I, uh, again, um, playing up the whole... <laughs> and all that sort of thing. That's all very fun. Yeah. But specifically, the moment why I think uh, Charles Dickens is my weirdo of the week. Because the mom- there's a moment at the end of the episode where the Doctor and Rose go into the TARDIS... And they, um, and while they're in there, they have a conversation about like what's going to happen next to Charles Dickens and all that sort of stuff. And then they're getting ready to go, and they they turn on their little two thousand and five monitor screen um, in four by three ratio, obviously. Uh, um, and they see Charles Dickens looking wondrously at the TARDIS. That conversation went on for a little while. <laughs> so for like three or four minutes, Charles Dickens was just out there in the snow, just like. Staring at the this box. box. <laughs> Just staring at a box. Um and I, I don't know, I think that's weird and fun, so I'm I, gonna pick him. I, I can I can see that because I suppose for for a man who's just had his shit rocked with ghosts and everything, but he's kind of yeah. he's quite yeah. We he does the whole no, no couldn't be. He does that, but yeah. once he's on board with the ghosts, he's very matter of fact about it. He it's is, weird yeah. that what rocked his shit for a second time was the appearance of a box in the street <laughs> before <laughs> yeah. it took off. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's fair. Pr- pretty, pretty fun stuff. So look, slim so, pickings yeah, this week. Officially, officially, it is. It is. Slim. Next week we're going to be spot for choice. But anything based week, in two thousand and five, London. <laughs> We have so much choice for Weirdo of the I'm Week. I'm very, I'm very excited for next week's episode. Same. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun, and you can f- listen to next week's episode uh, next week <laughs> on Mondays at 10 a.m., which is when these go out. You can also uh, follow along on Twitter at Still Got Legs Pod. Get notified about when these episodes go up. Join in in fun conversations. Which we may have at some point, I guess. I don't know. We haven't yet, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Most important thing to do, though, as this is a new show, please give us a rating, um, five stars or more. 
um, whatever platform you listen to this wonderful little show on, if you can pull out your phone and give us a review, I would greatly appreciate it. Lawrence would greatly appreciate it. And he's getting married soon, so we could do with the reviews. So get them <laughs> What's that going to do? Is that just a flex for me? She's down the aisle and yeah. I'm like, another review in the can. <laughs> Yeah. Otherwise, she'll leave you. Lawrence. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> you need all the reviews you can get to, for your bride to, to actually marry. Oh, you. to be fair, it is a contractual arrangement based on reviews on my Doctor Who podcast. Imagine if she leaves you for a man with a better reviewed podcast. Oh, no, <laughs> specifically this niche as well. Specific- yeah. Okay. Okay. A better Doctor, a better reviewed Doctor Who rewatch podcast. Oh, God, no. Yeah. There's one called like. Well. Escaping Casturbarus or something that does a, is a rewatch Doctor Who podcast. So leave my soon to be wife alone. <laughs> that's um, I don't even know if that's a real podcast, but if it is, that's a mortal enemy now. That's <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get him. Yeah. <laughs> Escaping Casturbarus, they are our rivals. Okay, so no one go listen to them. No, I'm sure they're great. Don't, don't tell listen. anyone. I don't tell anyone I said it. It's not bad. It's quite yeah. a good listen. Any final words, Lawrence? Yes. Goodbye. All right. Bye. Oh, I forgot the theme. It was a bit quiet at first. It doesn't just jump right in. (laughs) Anyway, bye, guys. I'll see you next week. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.